Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast, a show where a group of friends get together and talk about a variety of geeky topics. Find out what shows we've been watching, find out what movies we've seen, find out what games we're playing. Come along and join us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name is always Devin Turak, and today I'm joined by almost the whole group. Uh, Pat's here. Uh, Patrick Ramsoy. Hello. Patrick Gleason. Hey, no beer, unfortunately. Uh, Dwayne McKinnon's here. Hello. And we even have our producer, Gavin, on the line. Hello. I don't know if he's actually going to talk throughout the whole thing, but but he's available if he you know wishes to say something. All right, yeah. let's jump right into it. Um, we apparently have a new format, as you would have heard if you watched the last uh, last month's episode. So yes, uh, I'm, I'm just going to start talking. So um, I don't really have. I was going to say I apologize for that because there was issues for. You know, I'm just saying they will have heard that before they heard this one if they're going in order. And, and oh, as yes. you will have recognized or understood from the last episode, uh, we have a new format. So I'm just going to start talking, and uh, people feel free to jump in. Uh, the well, only I was going to ask because because Dwayne might have to leave early. I was going to get him to start talking about Comic Con. Yeah, I suppose we can do that fine, Dwayne. Because that's, Let, that's the let's, big one. Let's let's do our little <laughs> Comic-Con wrap-up, and then we'll get on to our segment one, our Weeks in the Hobby. Go ahead. Yeah, so how was so, it there, Dwayne? Um, yeah, uh, it was fun. It was fun. Um, numbers were up. Good. Uh, Agence Pink, but they're the uh, PR firm that kind of runs things. They sent out a notice of like 40,000. Ooh! Over wow, that's three, over, over the three, three days. days. Nice. Yep. So, uh, um, so that's the plus side. On my way out of the con on Sunday, I ended up chatting with a volunteer for a little bit, and he said that while numbers were up, apparently um, autograph and photo op purchases were down. Hmm. Yeah, well, people so, don't have money to just throw away on. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, money is my, it's probably yeah. the money issue is what it was. Yeah, but the thing is, is that that's a problem for recruitment. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because people—that's where they make their money. If those, if those, yeah, if those numbers are down, the talent is going to be less inclined to sign on. So, you know, little. Okay, so if you're going to go next year, know. make sure you go get some autographs. Oh well. I'll be honest, I can't afford them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's to say, like, some of them are, like, 50 to $75 or more, so. Oh, yeah, and the photo ops are just insane. Yeah, they, and they I've, really are. I've never paid for anything like that, and I I mean, I, I, there was only one I paid for, yeah. and that was it. Yeah, no, I course, paid. Of course, Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was the first con, um, hmm. and uh, Brent Spiner was there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I bought I bought two autograph pictures off of Brent Spiner. Uh, one was for a good buddy of mine back home. Uh, it was just past his uh, 40th birthday. Oh my god! I can't remember that. And, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and he time. is a he is a massive massive Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Type of guy who like collected all the pocket novels. Oh my you know, god! That's <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so I got I got Spiner to uh, autograph a picture of Data as Sherlock Holmes. 
and sign it and sign it happy birthday mark that's pretty cool so who, who were that some went of the big over guests? extremely well so this year uh biggest guest guest of honor was christopher eccleston right uh, best known to the fandom community as the first actor in the revived doctor who back uh, several several years ago now and that uh, also there a number of the cast members of prey uh, the most recent entry in the predator series uh, Gates McFadden from Star Trek the next generation and Star Trek Picard was there uh, the uh, fellow who's done the voice of Mario for Nintendo for the last 20 plus years at least he was there um and that was interesting because he just retired from that mm -hmm. he is now a brand ambassador for nintendo but uh he is retired from the role of mario and there were there were some others That's cool. on that uh i didn't get to see much um I didn't get to go on Friday like I planned. Work interfered. Uh, Saturday, I went. And I did sit in on Eccleston's panel. And that was interesting. Because, as I'm sure our listeners are aware, the entertainment world is currently undergoing yes. labor action. <laughs> Which is about time, so, too. It's due. The, the, yeah. The Writers Guild of America has been on strike for a few months now. And, uh, and SAG-AFTRA... Yeah. Have, for a month? Uh, uh, two months? Yeah. Close to two, I think, now. Yeah. Uh, so they are on strike. And the thing about Christopher Eccleston, he is working-class British. Um, there's a there is a famous ex there's yeah there is a famous exchange in the first episode of the revived Doctor Who where Rose is like, if you're an alien, why do you sound like you're from the north then? To which <laughs> Eccleston's doctor replies, lots of planets have a north. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he is he is working class. He is not a fan of the British class system. Uh, he has ruffled feathers a few times with his refusal to just blindly adopt the standard BBC posh accent. Um, and he is, to his toenails, a union man. And so it's an interesting time to be doing panels at conventions because under the terms of the strike action no one in SAG-AFTRA can discuss projects past, present, or future that fell under a SAG-AFTRA contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's certain now, things they're allowed to do or not allowed to do and... Yeah. Now, the thing is is that I haven't looked into this fully, but I don't believe Doctor Who was under SAG-AFTRA. 
No, because it's British. It's no, a British, British, it's British. A, it's a British production. It was likely under equity. Equity yeah. is not on strike. However, Eccleston just doesn't care. <laughs> so, you know, so once or twice he referred to the show, which is the reason I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That is good. And that is, that's that it. Um, Eccleston went so far, he wouldn't even discuss his autobiography. Oh, really? And believe me, discussing a book he wrote definitely does not fall under the strike terms. No, yeah. for any of them. But, but basically, although, um, although equity members are barred from saying they won't cross picket lines, under under their contracts, that is um, a firing offense. Like they they are required to fulfill their contracts. But yeah. Eccleston is also a member of SAG-AFTRA, right. probably dating back to the days when he was in the first season of Heroes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, basically he wasn't talking about anything directly regarding any kind of a production that he was involved in. That's, that's, that's good. I have no problem with that. So, hold on. So what did he have yep. to talk about then? So he talked about, you know, personal stuff. He talked about his approach to acting. Okay. He talked about, you know, a couple of folks asked him about union stuff. Like a couple of wannabe actors got up and discussed that they'd been given the advice to not join um, ACTRA, which is the Canadian Performers Union. Mm -hmm. uh, Eccleston looked ready to kill them. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it was, and the moderator, and I tried to talk to the moderator, but unfortunately, uh, my contact didn't get back to me with that. Uh, because I thought it would be really interesting to talk to this guy, like, how do you moderate a panel when the talent isn't allowed to discuss the properties that they're here which for. are why they were invited in the first in the first place right. yeah mm -hmm. you know uh but unfortunately that didn't come together for me but uh you know he was like he's actually part of actra he mentioned that and he's like no no just like join to join the union as fast as you can yeah mm -hmm. you know because you know you'll get you'll get 13 dollars an hour if you're non-union if you're union you'll get 300 for the day. Mm -hmm. And if they go over eight hours, then you start getting into overtime. You know, this sort of thing. And, you know, well, I know the, the, the brewery. It. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Was... No, sorry. You said. I, I was going to say, you were saying? it's not the, the, the thing is, like, the big strike nowadays is not about how much they're being paid. It's more like, I mean, it's still there, but they want residuals mm -hmm. for the mm -hmm. streaming, like, especially the writers in that. It's like, because they had it for TV, the residuals for so long. Like, it runs out after so many years, like so many long time. But the streaming is like we're not getting yeah. paid anything for that, mm -hmm. yeah. yep. or or you know so, point zero 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 zero. Here's a cent. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. So yeah, so it was it was interesting. Um, you know, uh, was there uh, lots of vendors? One 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 thing one thing that did come out regarding Doctor Who. Eccleston is not a fan of the multi-doctor episodes. 
Oh, with why... Yeah, it's why he's refused to participate in them. Well, okay. They, 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 they shouldn't they exist. Wanted yeah, they, they wanted him for like the 50, they wanted him for the 50th anniversary one. Yeah. But mm -hmm. he, he, he turned them down. He doesn't, he doesn't care for them from a storytelling point of view. It makes right. no so, sense because the reason there's a different doctor is yeah. because they've died and are re, you know, they're remade. They've regenerated. Yeah. Right. regenerated. It's, it's the same person, so he can't be in multiple timelines at the same time. Well, yeah, but it's he, a timeline. He kind of lives outside of but, time. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, um, you know, so I thought that was interesting. And one person did try to bring up, uh, after not wanting to have anything to do with Doctor Who for multiple years, uh, Eccleston has signed up with Big Finish. So he is going to be doing audio plays oh, okay. as the ninth Doctor. Okay. Nice. And some okay. and somebody tried to bring tried to bring that up, and he's like, "No, I can't talk about that." <laughs> he ref he's refusing. Yep. Oh, was there any vendors? So, yeah. Or lots of vendors uh, joined. Lots of vendors. Yeah. Lots of vendors. Um, and that, uh, I ran to a friend of yours, Pat. Um, sorry, Big Red? Is that a gaming store? Red uh, Dragon? Red Dragon. Red Dragon? Red Dragon, Red yes. Dragon. Yes. Yeah, so they were they were running a big a big gaming area um, at the con and that. And so um, I talked with the owner. He remembers you. Cool. Cool. So, Good. Wait, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, favorable. Well, he talked to me after I said I was on the same podcast as you. Well, that's so, a good, yeah. <laughs> I'd say I'd say that was favorable. Good. I have to actually go talk to them soon for um, uh, the meat grinder and stuff like that for CTC. Yeah. So. So yeah. So they had a big area. They're in discussions with the con to like be even bigger <laughs> next year. Uh, and talking with different vendors, I didn't talk with a lot of the vendors, but I talked with some and for the most part, they were happy. Sales were up. Lots of interest. Okay. In that. Uh, I talked with one author, uh, her name's Krista Walsh, if I remember right. And I, I especially wanted to talk with her because I talked with her husband last year um chris reddy is his name he's a digital sculptor and he was selling some of her books off of his table last year and did quite well this year she had her own display um very nice display really impressive backdrop i have a picture i'll be using it uh when we post the interview and she like all of her introductory stuff, like the opening books to her series, sold out. Um, that's good. She's literally, she's literally sold out of print runs. Like she's fully in independent. Nice. And so now yeah. she has, to, she has to go back and decide what she's going to do for her next print run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So well, that's good. and talking, talking with artist Ali, uh, for the most part, they were happy with Friday and Saturday. Sunday saw a significant slowdown in our salad. But uh, Friday and Saturday, they were happy with. That's what uh, you want to hear. So, yeah, absolutely. So, 
I think I did like another 10 interviews this year. Yep. People were, people were really generous with their time. Good. It was great. I heard, um, I, I didn't so, hear the full interview, but uh, there was people having issues with getting to the con. You were saying, uh, you know, the, it, it was it was crowded. Yeah. No, no, I meant uh, uh, the guy with Air Canada. Was it Air Canada? Or? Oh, so yeah, sorry. No, um, Rags Rags Morales and Rags's difficulty was with United Airlines. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, you may remember the incident from a few years back. United breaks guitars. Mm-hmm. Well, well, in Rags's case, it was United uh, couldn't get me my luggage, and that included his table displays, his prints, his uh, sketching supplies, the four pieces of original artwork that he was supposed to hand off to buyers at oh, the con. Jesus, none of that yeah. stuff. It, it, it apparently made it to Ottawa Sunday. And when I was talking, when I was talking with uh, Rags's partner, Haley, she mentioned it was at the airport. This was Sunday afternoon. And so I was saying, well, I hope you don't have any problem getting a hold of it prior to the trip home. Because yeah. they, were, they were flying back to Pennsylvania that night. Like, sorry, we can't, uh, you're, it's, it's going to stay here until, you, you know, wait, but that's my luggage. Send it back. Well, you're going to have to pay for it. What? No, fuck you. Yeah. I I well, you can't exactly say that when they yeah. have your stuff. I'd... Yeah. Yeah. So Let's... I, yeah. So Let's... I, I hope to reach out to Rags. Um, I haven't heard, I did mention to him that the interview was up. Like I, I, I sent him a mail. I haven't actually heard anything, so um, we'll see. We'll see. Well, next uh, year uh, we'll send you with a small camera unit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was impressed with the reaction. You know, I'm not a photographer, but I did take a few cosplay pictures, and yes. nice they've seemed to have gotten more reactions on our Facebook than we anything we've done in like several months. Yes. <laughs> so. Well, that's not true. Pat's, that was, Pat's, that was um, Pat's videos usually get some good reactions when he puts the links up. <laughs> I'm, yeah. But I, I just mean as I, far as I like think there was more engagement over the cosplay photos. Yeah. Well, that usually does, right? That's stuff that usually gets yeah. good stuff. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I was able to tag some people and they mentioned it and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. No, uh, it was a good con, and I'm hoping, I am hoping, 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 I may need to reach out again through contacts. Uh, I'm metal blocking on his name right now, but I met a very interesting fellow, and I'm hoping uh, that Pat and Pat, and maybe Dev, do you guys remember a show called Prisoners of Gravity? Yes. Yes. So. Are you talking that, Captain uh, Rick? Are you talking Captain Rick? Is that, is that? Yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about the guy who was on screen, the host. Oh, okay. I met the creator. Oh, oh. I met, I met, I met the guy who produced it all. This okay. guy went from 
managing the silver snail in Toronto, creating Canada's first geek news TV show, Let's see. which also aired Mark extensively or... in the U.S. Mark or Daniel? I think Mark is the okay. name. I'll double check on that when I'm home. But uh, he was there just visiting folks. And that. I met him because uh, an acquaintance of mine named Mark Shanebloom, who I need to set up an interview with. Mark is <coughs> Ottawa local. He's been involved in the comic scene for decades. Yeah. And that. It is and Mark Ashley. He was it there is, yeah. Yeah, he was there working a table next to Charles Vess. Vess is an artist. He's worked with a lot of people. The, the work that I know him best for is Neil Gaiman's Stardust. Um, he did the original graphic novel with Gaiman nice. for Stardust, which became one of my favorite movies of all time. Wait, they turned and that into a movie? So, I didn't know that. Stardust? Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. You should see it. Yep. Um, and, well, for example, Henry Cavill is in there in a small role. Yep. <laughs> um, He's the and Charlie Cox or... went on to, Yeah. And Charlie Cox went on to play Daredevil as one of the lead roles. Mm-hmm. And, and it also has Robert De Niro in a memorable supporting role. Oh, hold on. Does he play so a gay it's... pirate? A space sky pirate? Yes. Okay, yeah, I've, I've, I've yes. seen it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's Stardust. So yeah, so uh, so he was visiting with Charles Vest because the, the two are old friends and stuff. But I managed to introduce myself, and we got to talking. And he said he'd be willing to chat with us. Nice. There were certain things... There were certain things he doesn't want to talk about. Uh, for example, he was early on one of the head guys at the Space Channel. Hmm. If you remember, if you remember Hyperspace, which yep. was the Space Channel news thing before Innerspace, Hyperspace was his. Okay. On that, but. Um, when we were talking, he was he was like, I don't I don't want to talk about space. Actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about space. <laughs> so he he might still be he might still be under an NDA. Um, but yeah, so I hope he'll reach out. He has my info. I gave him one of my out of the basement business cards. Um, <laughs> if he doesn't, I may ask Mark Shamblum if he can nudge things in that direction because I'd love to talk to this guy. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, considering the business we're in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. You know, uh, I'd really like to talk to him. Well, but, probably uh, my brother. It's quite possible. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I honest, that honestly slipped my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because David started uh, the city right around the time that space started. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was overall a really good experience. Uh, I did ask about branching out 
to the media guests, but I was informed that none of them were giving interviews due to the current uh, labor labor disruption. Yep. Uh, you know, next time. I mean, mm -hmm. they're get, they're getting to know clear. who I am. Yep. They're 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 getting to they're getting to know who I am now. So, who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and yeah, no, just the overall sense, and I think the numbers bear it out, was that the con was back bigger this year, which is good to see. You know, I wish I wish them well. Oh yeah, I I, I, and, I couldn't go this week this time. I I do want to try and go to the one of them next time though. It was yeah, actually yeah. really fun the the year that yeah. we worked the con for um, yes. Kessel Run. That was that was the most five had at that con. Yeah. I've never been. Absolutely. Working it was the best, one, I think. I think working it was the the most fun. Yeah, because you we really got to see like a, a cross cut of all the people that were there um mm -hmm. without having to worry about, you know, oh we have to line up for this panel, we have to go around and do this. We just we just got to shoot the shit and uh and try to sell some games and hmm. and help people out find what they needed. I'll check with the guys from Red Dragon then. If they're planning to expand, it's like, hey, can, yeah, can we, we, we can, can we piggyback and have a small little section for a podcast area? Oh, we could do yep. like a live and, broadcast from well, CTC. Yeah, yes. Or no, not no, CTC, from, uh, from Comic-Con. Comic -Con. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to yeah. have a live, we and, are having a live one from CTC. And I can reach out um, to my contacts there yeah. and see if maybe... The only, the only thing I can think of is that they might want us to pay for a booth, and that's not happening. Right. Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that, that's what I was saying. If we go with Red Dragon yeah. and sort so of combine going with, with Red Dragon, might, yeah. might, might be the better way to go. Because I know they do but, sell uh, they sell booth space at Comic Con, and it's quite expensive. Uh, and we will well, be it's expensive to have the booth, and then it's also expensive to have an internet connect. What do you? Sorry, my new kid yeah, is to be. Is, is yeah, she is or is he new, your new kitten or my new kitten? Oh, okay. Yeah. Are Sorry you to trying me. to make sure that I can't record at your place? <laughs> <laughs> a, a new kitten? A new kitten. I'm, I'm beginning to think I'm unwanted, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's mostly for Mika. So she has a friend yeah. when I'm not around. Yep. That's cool. Have, have they bonded? Uh, uh, bonding in process, I will say. <laughs> Better than the first couple of days where she was so mad she was hissing even at me. Alright, yep. How dare you bring the stranger <laughs> yeah. into the house? Pretty much, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, what the so fuck yeah. did you do? <laughs> um, sorry, so, change topic. That's... Yeah, you know, you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to really cut all that it. out now. No, no, keep it in. It's part of the new process. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I saw uh, your pictures in that. That was, that's. Yeah. Oh, what did you? Oh, I like, like them. You guys like the pictures? I think they. Oh yes. Okay. Oh no, they did. Yeah, yep. they were good. yeah, they did. They were good. Yeah, that was that was just with like a uh, old Galaxy S10 I had lying around, so <laughs> worked worked out all right. Um, and that. Uh, I think one of my favorites is uh, the guy in Mandalorian armor 
pushing the baby carriage. Yes. Um, there was an actual bait. There was an actual baby in there, by the way. Oh, there was. Along oh, with, real... <laughs> along with the Gargu puppet. Yeah. Um, we do I, I had taken a shot, but then I realized, wait a minute, it's quite possible that these parents wouldn't want the kid in the shot. So yes. I talked with them, and we restaged it with the angle so you could see Grogu, but you couldn't see the kid. Nice. Perfect. So that that was definitely one of my favorites. Um, but uh, I have my daughter to thank for some of the shots because she wanted to see the masquerade. And so I stuck around for the masquerade, and I got a number of really good shots after the masquerade. <laughs> so, so that worked out really well. But that's it, really, for Comic Con. Um, I really, I'm hoping we can get the interviews out uh, starting soon, and that uh, while the con's still relatively fresh. And I'm really. I, I thought they were. Duds. I thought. I thought. Did, uh, I thought Dev put up the uh, the it's, interviews? So so far we've put up one because of the urgency of the. Uh, of the oh, the person. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I. I. Yeah. I really wanted to get Rags's story out there, like ASAP, and I've put up a couple of little preview clips. Yeah. On the Facebook page, um, but that's been it so far, and I, I was I was really quite happy with that. Um, I found a way to, because Facebook won't let you do audio only. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I didn't know that. But, oh. but I found a way to take the pictures that I took to put with each interview, mm -hmm. and I turned it into a short, uh, a short WebM clip, and okay. Facebook would take that because it was a okay. video. Yeah. So, so that worked out pretty well. Um, so yeah, one of the things, one of the things I just wish I could figure out is I, I thought I'd have less reverb on my voice this year because I wasn't wearing a mask at con this year. Mm -hmm. I think though that the reverb is because I'm actually holding the recorder while I talk. Right. Oh, okay. And so yeah. I, I, I think that that's what it is, but. I kind of needed to do that because I did need to have it kind of pointed at a good, at the right distance and pointed at the person to make sure that they were coming in as clear as I could. Right. And I think, I think, I think it worked out pretty well. And I'm, I'm happier with the interviews this year. There, I made some mistakes last year in a couple of the interviews. I stuck my foot in my mouth a few times mm -hmm. and that, but this year went a lot smoother. I was really quite happy with pretty much all of it. Good. On that. Uh, I think my favorite was talking with Jay Ojik, who, amongst other things, uh, worked on kids' books with Robert Munch. On that. Oh, really? So, uh, Wait, so, Rob yeah. Robert Munch, the guy from Homicide Life on the Streets? No. no, no, okay. No. Children's um, book author. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't make any so, sense. Uh, he's he's yeah, a, he's no. written tons of, of books. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a famous Canadian children's author. Never heard yes. of him. Yeah. And Jay worked on two of his books. And that he's also uh, 
He's also a TV producer. He's done independent comic books. He's done a lot of stuff. Uh, it was uh, a great interview. I was I really enjoyed it. Um, and like everyone else I talked to this year, really generous with his team. Mm -hmm. so, That's good. Yeah. So anyways, I'm going to leave off since we spent like half an hour on <laughs> Comic-Con. Well, Comic-Con was a big thing stuff. for for you and, and, and for us as well. And for us, yep. yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, as we record this, I'm actually in CARP at the CARP fair. So <laughs> I am going to bow. I'm going to bow out early. Now, are, that, are, are you going really to be taking more, um, more interviews at the CARP fair? There, there must be interesting people oh, no, to talk no. to there. Not really. Not really. Not, not anything along our lines of stuff. Mm. Not. But... Um, there is a vendor con coming up uh, in October, um, Capital Comic Con on that. And I'm going to look into uh, seeing if I Capital can stop by that. Sorry, what's it called? Capital? I think it's just Capital Comic Con. I've been seeing ads for it on Facebook for a few weeks now. Capital City Comic Con? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's just a vendor con. But, I, you know, it's inter <coughs> talking with vendors is interesting. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, so uh, there's that. I, um, I might have found it. The same, the same. Yeah, it's in October. I do know that much. It's like late October, I think. Yes, it's called um, Capital Comic Book Convention. Uh, it's taking place ah, October okay. 29th. At the RA yep. Center. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to check that out. Uh, the folks behind Ottawa Comic Con are looking to expand Anime North into a bigger convention. Mm -hmm. That'll be next spring. I think it's actually next March, yeah. but don't quote me on that. Uh, and one other thing that I... I'm going to look into the same people who run Ottawa Comic-Con run Montreal Comic-Con. And okay. given that Montreal isn't exactly far a huge trip from Ottawa, no. Mm -hmm. I'm going to apply for media cred at Montreal Comic-Con. Cool. And see uh, what they do. Send them make sure you you put our YouTube videos in there as well, link. Cuz now we have we have yep. YouTube videos going up for there, so. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I figure we have a little momentum. Why not build on it? Oh, no, no. Yep. That's for sure. perfect. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah the... the, the, and... the... I'm sorry, I'm just looking so... at the Comic-Con one, or the comic book convention, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's an interesting point and you know since and I'm planning to adjust I mean since the pictures went over so well mm -hmm. next time I think I'll try to do more pictures um I think we you should know? plan uh on when is you're looking at the next the, the 2024 Montreal Comic-Con right uh yeah yeah Montreal Comic-Con comes before Ottawa Comic-Con if I remember right so 
So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, looking for looking forward to twenty twenty four at this point. I don't think there's anything left in our no. neck of the woods other than this vendor con yeah. at the RA Center. Uh, between Actually, there now is. And there's the King. Of- there's the Kingston one, uh, first weekend uh, October first. Kingston okay. Comic Con, hmm. which again is not. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded trying that, but that might be a little too short notice. Uh, yeah, there's, there's also a there's also a toy and collector co- convention that takes place here in Ottawa in the fall, um, October November timeframe. I think. Uh, I don't know if that would really be kind of up our alley because it's really just for people who are looking at you know specific genres of toys, um, like you know, yeah. maybe they're Cabbage Patch doll collectors, maybe they're looking for old GI Joes from the 1980s. Who knows? But that like if you're looking for that kind of stuff, that's the con you go to. But definitely the huh. um, cool. October 29th. I'm probably going to there. Uh, we'll, we'll talk offline, uh, Dwayne. We'll talk about that one because that's something we can go check out. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so, yeah, so I just want to keep, basically, I want to keep our name in front of Agence Pink, (laughs) because they're the folks, they're the folks behind, behind the cons. And I just want them to always remember who we are. I do, I do think uh, the little reposting blitz that we did uh, before, when I, when I was applying to get accredited for this year's con, I do think it helped. Mm-hmm. And that it remind it reminded them that, you know, yeah, we actually did coverage and we did this stuff and we're putting their name out there. Because of course, that's the only reason they're letting us do this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's okay. That, that's fine. Is that they want their name out there. Yes. And that's fine. That's 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 the business. I am perfectly okay with that. Oh yeah. So, anyways, guys, I look I look forward to listening to the rest of the episode and right. hearing what you guys have been up to. No so problem. So I gotta run. Hopefully, you're okay. Dwayne. Have fun. All right, let's return to Take our previously uh, scheduled <laughs> programming. Let's talk about. Pat's <laughs> <laughs> getting attacked by a kitten. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we saw the pictures of the uh, of the the wounds. Oh there. my god, yeah. They're they're, they're I'll have to put it, I should put it up online just so people can see how bad it is. Maybe uh, stop wearing shorts. Yeah, well, okay. Now uh, this is uh, Dev's gonna have to cut this out, but or, or keep it. It's actually funny information. I have a thick bath towel now on my legs for when he jumps up onto the. <laughs> Because it's just too, too brutal having this small 10-ounce thing leap into the air and attach itself to my leg. And, and you don't realize until afterwards just how sharp and oh. tiny those little claws are. Oh, God, yeah. You're thinking, like, okay, I, I felt it. Then you're like, why is it? St- why is my pants sticking to my leg? Oh, that's from the blood. Okay. It's like uh, puppy teeth. Yeah. Those uh, those are brutal too. Uh, on a side note, I just bought. I'm buying my ticket right now for the comic comic book convention. Okay, so you're going. For I sure figure. Now? Well, yeah. I mean, it's again uh, as Dwayne's saying that it's, we get out there. The more we get out, the better it is, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I might as well buy it and, and and go check it out. That's next weekend, right? Uh, it's the yes, October 29th. Right. Oh, uh, okay. Friday, okay. Oh, for, uh, which is the Friday, which I am off. Nice. Oh, I can't do Friday! 
And I'll tell you why I can't do Friday. But that's why I have an interview. That's I have an interview with rumors. You're way too oh, early. Oh yeah, I'm doing it right now. I have an interview well, because I'm doing interview. I've done some interviews. Mm -hmm. Well, sorry, I put one up finally that I did, took so long because of my mother's issue and death. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did one before the week before that uh, with Cat uh, Thompson, who's another independent game designer developer. So I'm I'm gonna put hers up, but Shane, uh, um, oh god, Shane Henley, uh, from um, the guy who developed Deadlands and stuff like that, Hensley. Mm -hmm. I'm doing an interview with him on the 29th. Nice. Ooh, nice. Finally, it took a while, back and forth, and it's like he's yeah agreed to do an interview with me. So we'll be chatting with a whole bunch of Deadlands and other stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Do you just, know enough about Deadlands to be able to have a conversation with me? I yeah, think I, I might be able to fake it a little bit there, yeah. <laughs> Pat, I'm going to cut this, and I'm going to move it to News and Rumors, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> that's the joy and power of the editor. <laughs> that's true. See see there, Gavin? That's what you'll be able to eventually do. And and you'll, you'll, since I'm, I'm, I'm paying, you know, helping you out a lot, you'll, you'll be nice to me, right? When you get to this... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. Um, I think one of us should go to the Capitol Comic Book Convention, but it's over at 11, it's 11, 11 to 4, so I won't be able to do it. Unfortunately. Well, I, I'm not going to be able to do it either. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'll be working, so I won't be able to do that either. Colin's sick. You're, I, you're I in the sure will. Colin's sick. Uh, okay, let's uh, actually start talking about our weeks slash month now in the hobby. Um, um, since we have this new format, I'm just going to start talking about these awesome TV shows that I've been watching. Sure. Uh, so Jen and I have been kind of binge watching a variety of TV shows just in the evenings when we're hanging out together. And um, these are all stuff that I have no way of finding on normal terrestrial and uh, streaming services, the, the ones that we normally pay for. So I've may have found alternate means to put them onto a stick and then we watch them off a stick so uh we super got into uh the show called the rookie with um uh, nathan fillion nathan with nathan fillion. fillion that's correct um that is a really really good show like i'm i really liked the way yeah. they depict uh police work police. in that show um it's LA, right? So LA tends to be one of the problematic, or in the past was one of those problematic yeah. areas where police weren't behaving the way they were supposed to be behaving. And this is a far less violent look at how police work kind of should be, uh, as okay. opposed to how it sometimes <laughs> is in the real world. Uh, that's funny, Dev, because one of the ones I watched a while ago was We Own the City. Oh, yeah. Uh, with John Berthold, who did oh, yeah. the, the Baltimore Cops, which was based <laughs> in reality. And, you're going, and I've seen parts of, of The Rookie as well. And it's interesting seeing the, okay, The Rookie's cool, nice, you know, glossy, sort of. Yeah. This is, this is the, the way police should be. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> the John Berthold, oh, the Baltimore the one, you're like, reality. this is how it really is. <laughs> and it's like... Like, I could see why the, the the rookie does better though because it's yeah. more upbeat and oh yeah, it, it, and Nathan Fillion's great in it. Too. Oh, he's amazing. He's a fantastic actor, and yeah. the character he plays is like the super super nice dude. Because I mean, mm -hmm. he, he starts off as a rookie as like a forty year old, right? Yes, so, he and, joins the police department so late, right? And and everyone's kind of shitting on him. I mean, he's recently gone through a divorce, so his whole life has changed. He's moved across the country to a new place and decided mm -hmm. he's going to start off fresh. 
uh, by doing this very, very stressful job. And, um, and it's just like a really nice upbeat. Um, uh, it's a nice show. It's, it's, it's one of those feel good shows. Oh, yeah, it is, and yes. so I really, really like that. Uh, and then once how many that, seasons is that like four now? there's five seasons five and we're Jesus. waiting for season six to start up mm -hmm. i think uh, november of this year so it's going to be a while before we capture all of season six and and binge watch it yeah uh so once that was over once we blasted through five seasons of that and really this <laughs> this was in like two or three weeks that we we managed to do this then we went on to watch this amazing show called barry uh, I think it's an HBO show. It's again, oh. it's it's like a serial killer similar to Dexter. Yeah. Um, he he's a um, isn't he a spy or something? No, or? no, he's a callous and unfeeling um, soldier who, once he kind of leaves the the forces, um, he gets mentored by this friend of his father's who brings him into contract killing. So he becomes a contract <laughs> killer, and then. While he's on one of these contracts, um, he accidentally joins an acting class and he decides he doesn't want to kill anymore. He just wants to be an actor. But of course, because the people in his life are very much geared towards keeping him in the contract killing business, mm. um, shenanigans occur. Uh, shenanigans. It's a, it's a super, it's a super dark series. It is. <laughs> and, and of course, because he's definitely somewhere on the spectrum, because of the the experiences that he's gone through as a as a soldier um he has a hard time kind of connecting with people and he kind of gravitates towards this one woman and fixates on her and almost like becomes her stalker uh but but she's super into it in the beginning and the the whole relationship is very toxic um it, it's it's a good show it's just uh oh. it's a much darker show than something like say the rookie <laughs> <laughs> Um, once that ended, we were kind of at a loss of what to watch. We went on to Netflix and we found a super, super, super dark, I think, German show um, called uh, Dear Child. Lieber Kind is what the original German title is. It, that's, yeah, I've seen trailers for that one. It's where they, it's a deer, right? Or, sorry, a hybrid, right? No, no, no. You're, you're thinking Sweet Tooth. Um, oh, sweet tooth! Sorry, yeah, that sorry. that's a fantastical show. I haven't seen it, but it involves some sort of fairy creatures that are like yes. partially deer. No, uh, Lieberkind's Deer Child is about um, a a guy who kidnaps a woman and keeps her in his locked up in his basement and turns her into like she has a baby. He has another baby with her over the years, um, and then at, at some point she escapes. So, so basically she's lived this horrible, abusive life and then she escapes and then it's kind of the aftermath of what happens and it is super dark, but, uh, I guess it was enjoyable. Like we, we, we watched all of it and <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's a dark, dark show. Um, very German, yeah. uh, not Hollywood. There's no happy endings. It kind of ends the way you expect something like this to end. Where, <laughs> you know, say Germans do it. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, there's. There, I guess there's technically a happy ending, but it's it's a dark, dark, dark ending. ending. <laughs> no, I, it's for a me, dark I, happy ending. the one I like. Well, obviously because I didn't get to. There was a couple weeks for me for uh, September and stuff. I was mm -hmm. out of things, uh, but I did start rewatch. Well, not I finishing Winona Earp. Yep, the series. It's now on Crave because I was trying to find it and I found it on Crave. So I'm on to the last, the fourth season, the last one. Um. It's not as, I mean, it's still okay, but 
because they defeated the big bad at the end of season three of the big mystical magic stuff, and she's, you know, not doesn't have the supernatural stuff as much anymore. It's sort of like, okay, it's more, oh, there's, you know, this super secret organization, and it's okay. Kind of like happened like... to, uh, uh, what was it, uh, the X-Files spinoff there. Yes. Uh, the, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the brother. Sure. Millennium. Uh, Millennium, yes. Yeah, yeah, it was good for the first couple seasons. Well, the first season was all conspiracy theory, and then... Well, no, it was it was more procedurals, right? He was investigating yes. serial killers and so on, and then it turned into conspiracy theory, theory stuff after season two, yeah. or dur during season two. So I like, yeah, it was. So it, like I said, it's it's oh still okay because it's still sort of that western feel, which mm -hmm. of course I like. Mm -hmm. um, and I, but the one thing for me is uh, reading. I've been getting. I I picked up the because I, I had a lot of time sitting around in in PEI for a while for things. I read mm -hmm. Dune again. The Dune, Dune Messiah, Children of Dune, and now I'm on to uh, God, God Emperor. Emperor. Mm -hmm. um, because the, the the new Dune's coming out in 2024. Right, It was supposed to be November this year, but I pushed back to March. Mm -hmm. um, and Denis Villeneuve has said he's doing Dune Messiah. So I wanted to reread them again just to get the feel for it. Wait, is, isn't there like two more whole books between Dune and Dune Messiah, though? No, no, there's Dune, then it's Dune Messiah. Oh, Dune Messiah is the then, next one. Okay. Then Children of Dune, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So Dune is where they build up the, you know, the prophecy and the Messiah mm -hmm. complex. And then Dune Messiah is like, this is what really happens when you have a prophecy in yeah. Messiah. It doesn't go well. It's not yeah. what you think it is. Here's what an intergalactic jihad really looks like. And it's exactly. not what you're hoping it to be. It is no. horrible. And, it, and it's interesting because the, the new books, they have the, the forward by his son, right? Right. And he's actually saying that when Dune Messiah first came out, a lot of people were like, well, wait, Paul Atreides is not the super great hero he, he was. Like, no. No, he's not. And that's what happens. Yeah. Power corrupts. Absolute <laughs> power corrupts. Absolutely. So, and it's also like, he was just a figurehead. When you have a, pro, you know, people believe in, in fanatics, fanaticism mm -hmm. and prophecies. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> And then Children of Dune just again ties into that, and then God Emperor is sort of like, everyone's like, oh, if you had a benevolent dictator who lived for thousands of years, everything would be great. No, no, it's not. No, no, no it's not really. It's not. Uh, so it's been fun to read. It also, like, it's been I think almost thirty years since I read God Emperor the first right. time. So a lot of it is like heavy philosophy and political mm -hmm. stuff going on in the book, which is a you know younger kid you're like this is boring right yeah <laughs> it's, it's funny but now is what i've reread june probably two or three times over the course of my life i've mm -hmm. never even considered going back and rereading the rest of them like dune is such a great book and the rest are all super weird compared to how awesome dune is that i i've never even considered yeah. going back to read the you should try 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 it now like now that you're older right um you probably like i said i i i'm enjoying dune god emperor dune more than i did as younger because i like now understand more the concepts that he was talking about right right because when you're you're younger you're like what is this sort of stuff he's i don't get it it's way over my head uh because children of dune was a lot of it was if you read it now you're going oh wait he's talking about climate change and relying <laughs> on one resource too much and what happens if you rely just on one resource and that's oil. running out <laughs> yeah and so it's running out and so it's like you're like holy shit yeah oil and <laughs> All this stuff on our planet's like, yeah, oh shit, we're still fucked. 
fucked. We're even more fucked now than we were back when he wrote it. <laughs> Which right. is pretty sad. <laughs> so speaking of books, um, I also watched another show that was kind of an adaptation of a children's novel or a children's series called mm -hmm. Lockwood & Co. Um, that's this really weird... I, it, it's hard to tell if it's meant to be like modern day. I think it's meant to be modern day. But it also has like a very Victorian feel to Isn't it. Isn't it like sort of like a steampunk Victorian yeah, steampunk idea? Kind of, but mainly because at some point um, in the past, more than like fifty or sixty years ago, all of a sudden ghosts became physical, like became a real thing. And so something happened. They haven't quite gone into what happened that caused it, um, but ghosts all of a sudden are manifesting, and they're everywhere. So at nighttime. Anywhere where someone has died uh, violently, that ghost usually lingers. And then, so people mostly stay indoors. Everyone's kind of regressed back to, um, there, there's still cars and stuff. There's still boats, but everyone's using swords and rapiers for some reason. They, they, they put together this, these agencies of people who um, can hunt these ghosts down. Oh, and the interesting thing is um, only young adults can actually see ghosts so once you get to a certain age oh you, you can't see them you anymore? lose the ability to see them you, mm. you can still feel their manifestation you can still feel them around but you can't it's much harder to interact with them so again this is because it's a young adults book it's geared around you know oh, late, early yeah, teens yes. and late teens who have gone mm. through this training and become these agents and usually these agents are supposed to have like adult supervision to oversee them to make sure they're not doing crazy shit but there's this one group called lockwood and co who kind of somehow avoided this um adult supervision and so they just go off and do their own shit and it's wild but the the show itself is actually really good um i very much enjoyed it um the whole first season i think encompasses the first book and talks about um the introduction of a new agent to the agency it's 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 really i really liked it i was gonna say for you know not surprising they use swords and rapiers i mean warhammer 40k they still use swords too right so yeah true true <laughs> Like, we're in the future. Let's run up and kill a guy with a sword. But I mean, throughout the whole course of the thing, there's only one firearm that ever shows up. Oh, does it? And it's at the okay. very end, and it's used by a human against a human. That'd it's... be interesting to try with Castle Falkenstein as a game system, then. Uh, yeah, you could probably run it with something like that. Um, you just have to kind of introduce uh, mystical rules, and and uh, the, the GM would have to oh, know kind of like the universe. Rules, doesn't it? it does. Yeah, it has it has magic and stuff. There, like there isn't really magic, but I, I guess there kind of is like supernatural stuff. They they call them visitors, which is a weird thing. Um, I, I don't know if there's a reason for that, like a background reason for it, but they don't refer to them as ghosts; they refer to them as visitors. It, it, it's it's a weird show, but I really liked it. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, uh, I haven't seen, like I said, movies. I haven't seen. Oh, I finally watched Guardians of the Galaxy three. Ah, uh, what did you think? I liked it. I like a lot. I really enjoyed it a lot better than I thought I would. Okay, so why, I mean, why did you think you wouldn't enjoy it? Well, because people were saying that they do the heavy switch between, you know, heavy stuff to the comedy. Yeah. And, yeah, it's there, but it's not as, as abrupt as I thought that the way that people were talking about how abrupt it was. is like, it's not as abrupt as they, I mean, yes, in some cases, there's a little bit too much humor for people to, to do. Right. But, you know, Marvel's always done that. Yeah. And James Gunn, I think he does it, he does it well enough. I mean... The comedy's there, but you do have some, you know, time to assess all the the the, the sadness, and the stuff heavy like stuff, that. yeah, the heavy stuff. I mean, and I mean, yes, there's some great lines. the The thing is, what's nice is compared to some other stuff that Marvel and Disney and that and 
DC are doing. The character arc get the characters get an arc. They're not yeah. going back regressing like Thor, Love and Hammer, where he's he, he all the stuff he did in the first three movies he seems to have forgotten about. Mm-hmm. You know, so in Guardians of the Galaxy there is progression. They've right. changed. You know. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's good. So I'm I'm glad I finally watched it. Yeah, I haven't Good. seen a movie in a while. Definitely not since the last time we recorded. I, I can't even think of a movie that I would want to see at this point. There, there, were, there was might... a couple I wanted to see in the theaters, but they've, they're long since gone. Like, I never yeah. got a chance to see Indiana Jones, the new one. Um, uh, I still haven't watched that. I haven't still watched the, the new Fast and Furious yet. Um, there was one other thing not that interested. was in the... Oh, I love the Fast and Furious movies. They're, they are super, super fun. Like, they're, they're popcorn movies. They're, you're not oh, they are. They're, they're the ultimate. They're the ultimate. They're like... Just like... What I like how it's like, okay, so Mission Impossible did a bunch of CGI and over-the-top stuff, and Tom Cruise went, no, 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 we're going to ground this, and like, if if it can't be done, I'm doing it. Right. And Fast and Furious went, fuck you. <laughs> no, we're superheroes. We're and, superheroes. And, and our we're going to space in a car. <laughs> we're going to space in a car. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, so I understand. Like, those are the ones I think I'd want to watch with, like, with you guys, right? Yeah. Like, where you can sit and just go, oh, <laughs> you know, like, just laugh at it because it's so over the top. Okay, so mm-hmm. what we should do then is we should plan a weekend where we rent out a cottage with an awesome um, entertainment system, and then we're going to watch all 10 Fast and Furious movies back to back to back. wouldn't say 10, because uh, the first two are actually more grounded in reality. So the, the first one's amazing, the second one's garbage, the third one's probably my favorite of all the Fast I think and it's with, is it four or five where they start getting, it's when they start becoming secret agents. Yeah, yeah. They, that, that's where it gets... They're just like, ah, who cares anymore? Right. <laughs> yeah. Realism out the window. Out the window. Um, I, I think the the one that that really started off, kickstarted that whole, um, uh, we're we're doing fantastical stuff now, is when they took up two cars and they took this giant safe down the streets oh, of yes, Sao yes, Paulo. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just yes. wrecked house with with yeah. with the this giant safe being dragged. Which somehow the car could drag <laughs> and not have its you know axle <laughs> ripped apart from it. You know. Right. Yes. But. Isn't that the one that also that safe is also the one that kills, um, what's his Jason Momoa's dad, his character's dad, in Fast and Furious? Um, I don't. Or was that remember. a spoiler? I I don't remember. You know, I mean, part of me does want to see the the new one just because of I've seen clips of Jason Momoa, who seems to be just having so much fun hamming it up. Yeah, like it's, and I'm like, okay, he he's having fun. He knows what sort of movie this is. Mm-hmm. And went fuck it. I'm taking it all the way. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want to see it in theaters. Like, the one I want to see in theaters is Dune. Like that's the, the yeah. one I want to see is is Dune just because it's so. You know, awesome. see Oppenheimer. Oh, that's, Oppenheimer that's I can the... watch. I can watch in small screen. True. It's not really. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a big doesn't screen big experience, screen. or it doesn't need to be a big. Well, that's true. Experience. That's true. true. You know, have you not seen Barbie yet, Dev? I actually haven't seen Barbie, but I do want to see Barbie. That that looks like a movie that's going to be super, super fun. I haven't seen Oppenheimer. I know Patrick Hughes talked about it last time. Mm-hmm. And that's all. It's, it's on my list of things to, to watch. But the problem is there's so much stuff coming out now. I mean, yes, there's a lot of crap out there as well. I know that. But I do want to start watching some of this stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of any movie I saw. Well, uh, Gavin and I watched Renfield, which we talked about last time, right. I believe. That was mm-hmm. great. Um, what was it? Was watched... it actually good though, or was it just, you know, no, it's, okay. it's Nicolas Cage. 
Then yeah, the rest of the movie is okay. Okay. The gore, the gore is over the top on purpose. Right. It's one of those ones like you're supposed to not take the gore seriously. Gotcha. But yeah, when Nicolas Cage is on as as Dracula, (laughs) you enjoy it. Oh, I did watch uh, Sizu. That the, sounds, uh, sounds familiar. The Finnish one, the the one in, it's World War and then World War Two, and there's this really old guy who's out getting a mind. He finds gold, and then he runs into the Nazis who steal his gold, and then it's like payback time. They're the it's over. It the brutality is insane. But again, it's killing Nazis. So yes, yeah, you're so okay with it. No problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like there's one scene like. They're, it's on the trailer, so I'm not giving anything away, but they go through a minefield, and the, you know, the, the commander's like, okay, you, go forward and check it out. What? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so he starts walking through, and all of a sudden he sees, looks up, and a mine is beat. The other guy threw the mine at him directly, and it hits him on the head. I'm like, okay, that was interesting way to die. It, it's, he's an action hero, but he's old, old Viking sort of guy. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's like I said, it's 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 fun, but again, don't look too much into it. It's not it's no Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy it. But that's what mostly what I've been doing, um, like uh, Owen Games. Uh, yeah, you guys have been playing a ton of uh, Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate. Well, I wasn't getting into it. Then Paul Paul's like, okay, happy birthday. Oh, nice. So, all you want to bought me a present? And yeah, but before we go there, there, I did see a movie that oh. uh, I'd like to talk about, and that's the uh, Robert Pattinson uh, Batman that's available oh. on Netflix now. Very. Good. Oh, I saw it. It used to be on Prime, actually. Okay. Or Prime or Crave? It was on Crave or Prime first. Probably Crave. Probably Crave. Yeah. Crave. Yeah. It's it's a dark, grittier like. What's yeah, interesting I, is, I I I like the fact that uh, he was trained by Alfred, not by Razel Ghul, so. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he knows how to fight, but he's not like a super ninja. Right. Not yet. Yeah. Um, I like that uh, Bruce Wayne is pretty much off the grid completely um, because he's so depressed about what happened to his family. And, you know, he's trying to be, you know, the bad. Well, it's early. Yeah, it's exactly. It's early on. He's only career. been in Gotham for two years, I think, when this takes place. Yeah. The police are all against him except for Gordon. Yeah. And, it's, it's basically yeah, uh, sort of nobody has superpowers. They're all ordinary people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's like I said, that's sort of like year one. I don't know if you ever read that graphic novels. Those ones, mm-hmm. those were like the first introduction of Batman. Yeah, so it's similar to that. Yeah, but and, I like Robert. You know, yeah, Bat Pattinson does a good job, mm-hmm. and Batman does get beat up in this. Mm-hmm. Well, again, he's new, right? He's still starting off. He's still, yeah. You know, he's not. He's not over the top. I mean, he's trained, but not that great yet he's still yeah he's learning still who figuring out how to put things into practice yeah and yeah. uh yeah no i thought it's, it they did a good job with it it was yeah it was really good just don't put batman in as part of justice league and batman tends to be good well <laughs> see the problem was when they put tried to put him in the justice league as dev and i discussed way way back when when it first be BV-esque first came out. Mm-hmm. They, they did it so, so wrong. Yeah. But I did like the Ben Affleck older Batman. Yeah. It's just yeah. they were trying to do... They were trying to do the death of Batman, Superman plus the Dark Knight plus mm-hmm. other things. And it's like, no. <laughs> like, if he had this done the Dark Knight with older 
Ben Affleck, I think it would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that, Ben Affleck is an older guy who's brutal, who doesn't mind killing people, I thought would have worked. Not Batman for the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do feel bad for Ben Affleck because I thought he did a good job as an older Batman. Yeah. And older yeah. Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Just a shitty story. Yeah. Well, you can't but, always blame the uh, the actor. Sometimes it is the writers that are the problem. Yeah, and studio interference and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, Robert Patterson. I, I wasn't like I was first worried going, the guy from Twilight. We need a well, yeah, but he's actually got some pretty good acting well, chops. I was, I was watching a, a YouTube commenter about it, and he's like, "This is the poor guy who had to go through almost a decade of doing, you know, really great movies or you know, great, you know, he's done great acting." in that time just to get away from the Twilight stuff that he did. Yeah. Like, like, he's had to basically prove himself all over again to make up for those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see The Lighthouse? No, I heard... I, that's him, some, that, him and Willem Dafoe? Yeah, that's that's on my ones one. okay, I don't mind being super depressed even more than I am normally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it might help being a little bit stoned to watch it, too, because uh, yeah. it, it can get weird. <laughs> and, I mean, like I said, I do want to see it because I've heard such great things about it, but it's not one of those ones like you're, you're Friday after, you know, Friday evening after a week of work, you're like, oh, I just want to have my mind just, you know, be entertained. Yeah, no. That's not no. a movie for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, I, I don't mind that they have... It's going to be interesting when they come up with James Gunn's new DCU. Mm-hmm. Not DCEU, just DCU. Um, yeah how they're going to do Batman, because I know they're trying to do with the multiverse from the Flash. Uh, It's just like, who do you get to play Batman? Like, Patterson can't do Justice League 1. You're right, because he's not a superhero. It's a more grounded universe. Mm -hmm. It it wouldn't work for Justice League to have his Batman in it, I don't think. No. Well, he wouldn't really be able to stand up to Batman. Or not Batman, Superman. (laughs) Right? I mean... That's probably the biggest problem with Justice League. They're, why do you have the rest of them when Superman's there? Well, <clears throat> I mean, that's been brought up multiple... Because he, Superman can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. And Batman is the world's greatest detective mm-hmm. and a tactician, even though they didn't show it in most of those movies. Like, he they, actually... they did touch on that, though, in, in the Batman the yeah, no, they did. That, that's did. that's the part I like most about it. They go back to his detective roots more than yes. anything else. Yeah, he's yeah. actually looking at things, and I like how he missed that one. Okay, it's a spoiler for the movie, but he misses a clue. Mm-hmm. But he then he goes back and finds it. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, well, yeah. that he he misses the clue also because he uh, he's not perceiving the situation the same way that the Riddler is. Well, that's just it, and. And actually, Colin Farrell as a penguin was interesting. I didn't realize that was Colin Farrell when I first saw it. Until yeah. later on, when people were like, "Oh, I got make." I'm like, "Holy shit!" He had an insane amount of makeup on, or yep. sorry, prosthetics. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, he does not look like himself at all in that. Yeah, but but to go back to the Baldur's Gate. Yeah, sorry. So Paul got me that for my birthday. <laughs> okay. Well, we can jump around. That's the whole Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Dep- um. <laughs> And uh, I've been, it's interesting because it's based off the Pathfinder uh, D&D rules. 
it's not based off of Pathfinder oh, or anything. It's it's, it's fifth ed, but but it's Already. it's not. It's really based off of it's it's an overlay on the the system they used for, um, the uh, inf uh, not Infinity. What the hell was that? Diablo. Called? No, Divinity. Divinity. Divinity Two. Yeah. Um, so really, it it's not faithful to the fifth ed rules. Um, it's it's a little more dumbed down. It's a little more arcadey. Um, it's a little more yeah. clicky. Than, than the the fifth ed rules currently are. But now, uh, most we, of the time I'm having is making new characters. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so it's it's done by the same company that did uh, Divinity um, Origins uh, two. Original Sin and original. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two. So th that's a, a studio called Larian, and really, since they already had kind of the basis of their system loosely based on D and D in the first place, with the, the classes and the, the kind of the magic spells and stuff, they really just ported that over and and made it a little more fifth ed, uh, and added the, the the D and D kind of background and lore and locations to it. Uh, but it's but it, it's it's not a faithful recreation of the tabletop fifth ed uh, rules no, no, for D&D. However, it's, it's all right. there is a game that actually is a faithful recreation of the fifth ed D&D rules, and that's the game that I've been playing the shit out of, and that's called Celesta. Uh, Crown of the Magister is the name. That was the original um, storyline they, they had. They've since come out with several other it's stories It's on Steam, well. is it? Or... It's, it's on Steam. Um, it's also on GOG if you if you prefer playing through good old games. No. Um, so what's the sorry, hang on a second there, uh, Devram? Sure. So it's, I can type in the thing. Yep. It's it's what's called it Solasta, Crown S of the Magister. Sol S O L. Yep. A S T A. Exactly how it sounds. Oh, Crown of the Magister. There That's it is. the one. Um, so it that is a. So it it doesn't have the bells and whistles that um, that Baldur's Gate three has. Uh, but mm -hmm. what it does have is um, the gameplay is actually better implemented in Celesta than it is, like the, the, the turn-based combat is better implemented in Celesta than it is in Baldur's Gate. Um, okay. In Baldur's Gate, it's missing things like ready actions or dodge actions. So dodging makes yourself harder to hit. Uh, ready action basically pauses your turn until some until a... a a, something gets triggered. So if, if you prepared a ranged action, someone comes within range of your range attack, you do your attack. Um, if, if you have ready a melee action, if someone comes within range of your melee attack, you do a melee attack. So it, it's, it's something that's missing from the tactical game in Baldur's Gate 3 that, um, that is something that actually does exist in D&D 5th Ed. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it, obviously, it's not going to look good and the storyline is nowhere near as amazing as Baldur's Gate 3 is. So if, if you're looking for um, like the the RPG aspects, that's kind of missing from it. But but the cool thing about the way they implemented um, social interaction in Celesta, they, they have it set so that the party you're in, it's a party of four PCs. It's not a party of one PC with four or three um, followers that, that you've added on. So so they each have their own personalities. They each interact during the conversations that take place. And and depending on kind of how you've, what kind of backgrounds you've selected for your PC, some of their um, dialogue is going to change or their attitudes will change during the conversations. So okay. that, that's something that they really implemented quite well. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I have an issue with the voices they have for Baldur's Gate. Okay. 
um, don't work all that well uh, because they're pretty much just human sounding voices. Right. Male and female. Right. Because right? you're trying to find a half orc voice and it's like, they're all pretty shitty for a half orc. Right. And, you know, it's like, okay, they all sound humanish. And and I hear That's... that it's a very it's it's a very horny game. It that... can yes, be yes, very much so. So one of my Thursday night buddies, he is playing through it with his sixteen or seventeen year old son. They're playing together, and uh, he's like, "Nope, there's entire storylines that we're skipping. We're not doing this together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're cutting this right out of the uh, out of the storyline altogether." Yeah, and and uh, yeah, it's there's there's a lot there, and if it's not not for everybody, obviously, mm -hmm. um, but it's one of those ones like yeah, I guess for modern audiences, that's what it's there. Uh, I mean, overall, it's not too too bad right. stories and stuff. You know, I mean, um, I'm also a purist. To me, it's not really role playing. Right. It's it's set things if you can or cannot ask. It's like choose your own adventure sort of idea. Okay. But, yeah. mm -hmm. but visually stunning from everything I've seen about it. Yes, yes. Um, my half orc's dick is flopping away, no problem. <laughs> it's very important in a uh, RPG. Oh yeah, well you know it's a half orc barbarian. Clothes. Yeah. What do I need clothes for? You know, um, you know, and so yeah, it's been it's it's been I'm, I like I said I I, I haven't gone too far in the story because it's more like. This is one of the games you really want to play with your friends, right? Yeah. I mean, you can do the solo, but it's, you know, uh, not not for me. Other people have played through and, and, and gone through a whole bunch of stuff. Me, I just like sort of like, you know, playing with other people and trying different characters to see. Yeah. So, and also, I base my reactions, though, on what my character is. Okay. So when I'm playing the half-orc barbarian, if it has a difference between persuasion or intimidation, right? I'm, I'm intimidating. <laughs> like... That's what it is. Why well, should try and persuade? I'm a half orc barbarian. Yeah. I don't persuade. I persuade <laughs> with my axe. <laughs> you know, so it makes it interesting. I've seen difference how it's gone when I'm playing with different you know, from him and playing other characters. Like, oh wow, yeah, there. That's the option you can choose. <laughs> but I'm not taking it. Now, um, have you actually had a chance to do any actual real role playing? Yes, I have. Oh, uh, I've. I've done, um, so Eric started this one when I was down in Waterloo in August, mm -hmm. uh, which I talked about called Tall Tales, which mm -hmm. is a uh, old system, uh, essentials, old school essentials to say, based on the old D&D game, the, the first the, edition. The, the, the box Sorry. version. The box set, yeah. Yep. Um, so the rule, it's pretty light rules, but uh, you're only like six levels as a, you're, you're playing Western heroes. Okay. And there's only six levels. It's very straightforward, you know, rules light, um, but it's been a lot of fun uh, with the role playing and stuff. It's been we've had a lot of a lot of laughs with it, uh, we, but unfortunately, because Bruce's wife wants is wants to be part of that, so it's very hard to try at a time when the kids aren't available for right. them to bother them, but they're not too tired at night. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there's like a six-hour time difference. Between it's only four-hour time difference right now. Okay, uh, but it goes to five after daylight savings. Right. Uh, so then, yeah, it's like Friday nights is like okay, and they're like okay, it's nine o'clock. We're going to bed. Bye. <laughs> uh, so that the other one I'm still doing is the Game of Thrones, which I'm running. Okay. And 
like they've already changed part of the history of Game of Thrones. Oh, that, <laughs> that's that's fantastic, though. <laughs> yeah, hmm. and again, like, like you know, it's like I, I I'm okay with that. It's like, you want to talk to these people? Go ahead. Um, one of the characters, uh, Felicia's character, is Lucretia. She's the you know uh, female, eldest female of a of a family, but she's not married. Ooh, scandalous. Well, it is. So there was rumors going around, like, you know, someone came in with Rose proposal, and they were at a big festival, King's Landing, <clears throat> you know, so there's King Robert, and, and of course, someone whispered to him, and he's like, oh, I've heard you're not married. We should look into that. Which, of course, caused panic, because if the king's saying, you're going to get married, yep, you're getting married. But that's when the queen, seriously, is like, oh, no, no, it's okay, husband. I'm dealing with, with her. So, which is... Good news for Lucretia, right. in a way, because it's been deflected. Bad news because now she owes Cersei. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like because she they sought this they sought them out right. They're like, oh, I want to talk to Cersei. Okay, no problem. <laughs> you know, <laughs> good news, bad news. Great, you, you, the king's not telling you to get married. Bad news, you owe the one who's most conniving, vicious bitch out there. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, so. Like I said, I I have fun with that. It's um, it's those little games I've been into. Patrick, I know you've done some role yeah. as well. Yep, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the main thing has been we got back into Dwayne's uh, Abomination vaults. Okay. Um, we have gotten down onto the third level of the vaults, and uh, we. Uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, the very first uh, monster that we ran into was one of the uh, monsters that I had in my uh, playtest kind of... I, I was testing some maps from um, uh, uh, Dungeon Alchemist uh, in Pathfinder, and uh, uh, I believe I talked about that before, and uh, things worked out really well. The maps really did look nice. They transferred over into uh, Foundry VTT very easily, um, and were adapt. I had to do a little bit of adjusting here and there, but for the most part, the lighting in the walls uh, transferred over uh, perfectly fine. Uh, but at, there was an, an encounter that I did, and the monsters from that encounter were also the monster that we ran into first thing when we got back into Abomination Vaults. Uh, so uh, everybody was a lot more familiar with it uh, than than Dwayne was expecting. Right. Which. <laughs> We, we we held we you know we stayed in character we didn't do anything that we didn't already know about and in fact uh, I had a great recall knowledge that worked on uh, on uh, figuring out what these things were and uh, you know the question I asked is what's its greatest weakness knowing perfectly well that it has no weaknesses um, but that would be a very reasonable question to be be asking you know if you really didn't know anything about the monster right. Yeah. Um, second uh, encounter was running into a devil, and we turned that one into a uh, into an, um, a discussion. We didn't get to the role initiative part of it all. We actually talked to it and discovered that it's got a contract, and if it can find if we can find that copy of the contract and bring it back to it, so it can find a loophole, then uh, it'll be more than happy to go home. So that's part of uh, the adventuring that we're doing as well. Uh, and, you know, it was great getting back into it. Uh, I'm learning more and more about 
uh, with my character. I'm playing a psychic, which is not your usual kind of a spellcaster. It's uh, very much focused on cantrips and the way it uses its cantrips. So, uh, um, it, you know, learning how to play the character is, is a big part of the fun of, the, of it all as well. Anyhow, that's really the big thing I've been doing as far as role-playing goes, because uh, our 3.5 D&D has uh, been on hold for a little bit while our GM tries and figure out what's going on, because he's foolishly decided we could all have two characters, and now we have two separate parties going, the A team and the B team. <laughs> it's like, that's an awful lot of uh, adventuring for you to have to be figuring out all the time. <laughs> So I've also been had a chance to play a couple of games myself. Um, I got to run my Cyberpunk Red campaign with uh, the guys who used to be on um, The Force and Always With You. Um, and I love playing with these guys because they come up with the weirdest, most unorthodox ways to tackle problems. That, mm -hmm. And very rarely does it involve violence. And so they're, they're, they're being super creative. They're being um, not pacifist, but they're, they're finding ways to either talk their way out of situations or think their way out of situations without just going straight to guns and trying to murder everything in front of them. And it is super refreshing and I'm really enjoying playing with them. Uh, unfortunately, we very rarely get a chance to play like we'll do maybe six or seven sessions throughout the course of a year just because everyone's super busy and we try to stick to like one weekend a month but it's very rarely every month that we're able to kind of get together so it, it's yeah. unfortunate i'd actually love to play with them a lot more often just there's no way we can kind of coordinate our schedules with the the, the five different people at the table yeah, um, that, that's uh, modern gaming's biggest problem I think. yeah yeah it was a little different when we were doing it online um so kind of between the force that I was with you the the end of that at the beginning <laughs> of um, uh, the cyberpunk red campaign I also ran a heroes unlimited campaign with the same yes. group of people and heroes unlimited is a it's it's one of those palladium games so Broken. It, it, it has the issue of being a palladium game but yeah. <laughs> again with these guys um very rarely do we go resort to combat for some reason even though they're superheroes so you think they're gonna, gonna be they're gonna be throwing cars around but no 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 they'll they'll just kind of talk their way out one guy could you know uh phase through walls so he would just appear in places that he shouldn't be and surprise people and then gonna get them to surrender without ever having to resort to combat it was it was bizarre and I, and i like i said i love playing with that's these guys. right yeah um uh, my, my my thursday night game however is still going strong we are playing fifth ed um and um we're we're doing one of those adventure booklets where it's like a, a set storyline um this one's called horde of the dragon queen and we're currently in a town that's completely surrounded and being overrun by um these evil forces and there's a dragon flying around and we finally got to encounter the dragon and watched it roll its 10d10 or yeah i think 10d10 uh breath weapon lightning breath weapon attack uh on the battlements and watch people around us basically melt luckily none of the pcs were targeted so we all survived the encounter and oh, we managed so you're to... not you're not running that i'm not running it that, that's a game i'm actually playing oh, okay yeah, well, it must be nice to be able to play, eh? It is. <laughs> it is nice to finally be a player again in a game um, with this group. Because for this group, basically, I have run three different campaigns for them in, in different um, uh, different games. Yeah. Uh, finally, I've had a chance to actually sit back and play. So I'm, I'm really nice. enjoying that. 
Yeah, I was going to say, another game I'm hoping to play again soon is the, the Warhammer 40k one, Wrath and Glory. Yeah, see, I, I tried Wrath and Glory kind of the year it came out at Adepticon when they were doing a, um, not a demo session, but like one of the things I signed up for there was playing Wrath and Glory. And it's interesting, but I, I think I prefer the 40k rules. Yeah, I, I still think, uh, yeah, the original um, Dark Heresy one yeah. is still better. Uh, and I know you guys want to play Alien again. The Colonial Marines, mm -hmm. uh, but like I said in the chat, we I've realized the system's broken for Marines. Yeah, like it really works as a horror game as a normal person, tr you know, trying to survive when something's hunting you. Mm -hmm. When you're highly trained, trying to hunt things down, it doesn't well, work the same. <clears throat> the, they should still be affected, but not as severe as the game has. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. See, it's because it's like I said, as a normal person. You know, needing a six on multiple dice is fine, right? Because you're not you're not supposed to be trained or anything, right? right. Yeah. Whereas a marine, like you're trained, in, and, and this is a problem when you're using only a D six system, where only a six succeeds. Right. Mm. Right, because that's only a sixteen percent chance. I know it improves the more dice you have, mm -hmm. but when you're looking at the fact that the you know the pulse rifle doesn't do that much more damage, more like a <laughs> compared to other normal like a pistol or stuff like it's not actually that deadly like you guys can stand there and get shot multiple times by a gun and not take anything mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so this is where it's like yeah it's it's it doesn't work for highly trained military personnel like i understand where they're coming from and mm -hmm. what they're trying to do but the stress dice is broken the and other things are don't well i mean the stress most of the combats that we've done have been against other human combatants right uh we shouldn't be getting but, stressed out by well that's as, the problem that with the rules. as much yeah that's the problem with the rules because it's built into the rules that sort of stuff yeah right? when and we're dealing with when we're dealing with the aliens and we get stressed out that that makes sense that's well that's something completely out this, of our experience. yeah that's what i was talking to paul about it's either i'd have to do a lot of house rules to re redo stress for for you guys like a whole new system for stress Mm -hmm. And also weapons in combat, or try and find a different system that's more geared towards military sort of thing. I mean, there's Battle Lords. Of the, I know Dev's going to say Battle Lords of the 23rd Century. Uh, I don't know if I would do that for Aliens, but I do have a copy of the old. Um, I think it's Cipher System Aliens game. We could always try that. Okay, yeah, we could get a try mm. because yeah, again, it's like the the like I, again, it works. The system works great for normal people trying to survive. You know, one in a, shot in a horror situation. Yeah, it's perfect for it because it also works for like you, you could do the thing, you could do you know just a serial killer, mm -hmm. you know sort of thing. It works great for that. Call it Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but for you know trained Marines and stuff, that you know it's like it's also you're not always going to come. It's aliens, right? It, you're supposed to be fighting you know other people or other things and, and yeah the, the, the stress dice are broken then and that so i have to figure something i know you guys want to keep playing i do want to try and run you guys through it again it's just the system for you guys doesn't work well like you guys are being more punished by the system than otherwise like if it was the other way around where you guys were winning more often it wouldn't matter as much but you guys are being screwed over a lot by the existing as written stress rules mm -hmm. eh, i'm okay with it yeah. But like I said, I'll try and figure something out. 
Well, yeah, we either have to have a way of getting through our stress faster or being less well, affected by I it. was one of the easy ones I was thinking of doing is, is um, I can't remember, there's no willpower per se, but there's empathy or whatever. So basically what it would be is you'd have uh, each encounter would be so many stress dice to roll. Mm-hmm. If you roll a, a face hugger, you get a point of stress. If you don't, nothing happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, because each 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 person deals with stress differently, and I sort of want to represent that like, okay, it's only a one die stress encounter. So you roll a, you roll a dice. If you get a you don't get a face hugger, you take no stress. If you do, that's a point of stress, and go on. So that, that's where it's like each scenario can be, you know, you could not get any stress at all, or if it's a really super stressful one, then yeah, it could just if you roll bad, your character freaks out for some reason. Right at mm-hmm. that time. But I'm thinking that it's might not be... like a continuous cascade of failures. It's not a continuous... No, exactly. Yeah, that, that sounds like a good compromise. Yeah, because... And that's where it's like, you're still getting the stress, possibly, mm-hmm. but it's not a guarantee. It's right. a... Did you deal with it? You dealt with it. Move on. Yep, that sounds good. And I think that'd be the... One of the easier ways to do it. Uh, especially to represent you guys who are... Like, you guys go in combat situations, so... You're trained. How, I mean, I guess we're not going to bring the real world PTSD coming into it because then it just gets. <laughs> that's not pleasant to do. <laughs> but I think as a role playing game, having it that way, there it's like you roll the stress dice. If you get a face hugger, you get a point of stress for each one. Gotcha. And I think that would work. We'll have to give it a try and do some play testing with it and see how mm. it goes. On that, so. Uh, but on that note, I think I might have to call it here. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, do you, does anyone have any ru- news and rumors they want to talk about? Pat, you had something upcoming that you wanted to talk about? Well, the, yeah, um, I'm doing an interview with Shane Henson. Oh, right, this, the interviews, okay. This right. one here. Um, I'm also going to be trying to get a couple other ones. Uh, um, remember the one I did with uh, Singh, who was the um, one of the tabletop... Uh, board game guys who designed the stuff that right. I was saying you should talk, you should write up your game to me, Dev, so I can bring it to them. Yeah, for sure. I'm talking to his his uh, partner in BC, and we're going to be setting up a interview as well for him. Okay. And uh, and so I'm hoping to get more, like now that, like I said, Dwayne doing Comic-Con and us doing this, I'm hoping we start getting known, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and get more and more people to, to say, yes, we'll do an interview with you, to keep aiming higher and higher up. <laughs> Well, I do a news one. Uh, Ooh, Prime, uh, I think in the next month or so, is going to be releasing a documentary on Mr. Dressup. Yes, oh, I saw the I saw the I saw the, the the trailer for that. Yeah, that's definitely a Canadian sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that that should be good. He yeah. he actually got his start with uh, Fred Rogers together. Mm-hmm. I think it was in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or yeah, somewhere down in Pennsylvania. In yeah. Um, and uh, Fred Rogers was offered to come up by the CBC to do a show, uh, and uh, Ernie Coombs came up with him. And uh, you know, Fred Rogers said, "Well, I, I appreciate it, but uh, no, this isn't the thing for me. But uh, it sounds like it's right up Ernie Coombs' alley." And uh, so Mr. Dressup ended up uh, being becoming a Canadian icon. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, And on that uh, note, I guess we'll say thank you for joining us for another uh, episode of the Out of the Basement podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, everybody. See you guys later. Well, I'll be talking to you in two months. Right. Uh, Actually, um, yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll 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 figure it out. out. Okay. Okay.
All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Out of the Basement podcast. We'd like to thank Radio Free Music for our intro and outro music. Both songs were done by an amazing artist named Silent Partner. The intro music is called Drop and Roll, and the outro music is called Grand Navy Plaza. And we'll have links to both those songs in our show notes. If you liked what you heard and wish to support the show, please consider becoming a backer on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com slash OOTBpod. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.